Hello and welcome to the Women Who Sport podcast. This week we are chatting to Ailey Gibson, who is a British and Scottish canoeist. Ailey has won the European Champs, the World Champs, Under-23 World Championships and has finished fourth in the world in C1 Slalom. (laughs) Should I do that better? (laughs) I think that was good. I think that was good. Okay, sweet. We'll roll with it. And basically, she's super cool, and we're so thankful about having her on our podcast. And also, before we get started, a big thank you to our two partnerships, Locker Stash Rugby. They're good humans that sell pre-love rugby kit, and also Boo Barber. Again, Aussie company trying to break through in the UK. Protect the boobs. Um, really cool. We've just been sent our samples, so we're actually really looking forward to trying them out in our training and, and matches. So we'll report back on that one. Yeah, I think we should vlog about our boob armor. Completely agree. I'm excited. Highs and lows of the week. Right, should we start with lows and can you go first? Because there's actually nothing that's like majorly pissed me off this week. Oh, okay. I've got a good one. <laughs> so my low is that with the new lockdown, um, obviously some sports are allowed to carry on, like elite level sports, some aren't. And age group women's football, okay, academy football has stopped. Meanwhile, their boy male counterparts are allowed to continue. I think that's mad. Really, yeah. really mad. I know, especially when it's like directly comparable. Yeah, completely agree. Like that's a low for me annoying that's a good low um, I actually did remember one so Joe Robin who's a rock climber who I follow on Instagram she's super cool but anyway she bought rings off Amazon to like put round trees to do pull-ups on during lockdown lockdown 2.0 and they came and it, they were called like rings for men's pull-ups oh like <laughs> fully putting a gender on on an exercise that is genderless yeah. oh, genderless exercise so that was one that annoyed me okay highs then ending on highs Katie Archibald Scottish legend winning gold in the European cycle champs like she's so cool <laughs> follow her on Instagram as well she's Scottish so got a bigger up love it you've done your research for this week I have I'm going for, the. I don't know if this is like the basic rugby one, but the England-France game being on BBC Two, like for women's rugby to finally be on prime time, it's been a long time coming and it was a cracking match. So fully well-deserved. Completely agree with you. Game on primetime TV on a Saturday. That's good. Like that's just setting the bar for hopefully a lot of future women's matches. Yeah, I think we always say that, like, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And we spoke about that in our episode with the Perception Agency. Like if it's on a weird channel on a red button that's hard to access people aren't going to watch it yeah completely agree that is a good high friend love it right let's get into our episode with Ailey So we'll start at the um, beginning. What got you into Canoe Salon? I got into Canoe Salon because my parents did it. That's like how they met. And then we were kind of just like dragged up on the river, whether my brother and I wanted to go or not. And it was like, oh, I was just always freezing cold. And I kind of hated it when I was younger, but then started 
started some competitions and and did reasonably well in competitions because like I'd done it my whole life and then like made some friends and stuff and that was that was really when I caught the bug and I did swimming competitively and and that was really when I was like yeah swimming is awful and um I want to do canoeing yeah I had that same kind of point when I was younger especially with swimming like even if you're 11 years old you're expected to be at the pool like six mornings a week at 5am and then go back after school you have no time for any other sport it's a dedicated sport for sure from such an early age yeah yeah and we we weren't really encouraged to do any like any other sports and then we actually when I quit swimming and I did canoeing for a year and I came back and just did some like competitions for our school I did some pbs because I basically got way stronger and yeah so I don't know it was definitely a good decision but swimming like really just set me up for to be an athlete I think yeah and, and at what point did you decide I'm going to really go for my canoeing oh that's a good question I think so I did this project on swimming for like English at school or something I don't know when I was like 12 and I was watching all these like, YouTube videos of like Olympic swimmers and they were like talking about how much they love training and I just like didn't understand how like people could like love training for their sport and then like when I was like 13 14 I was doing much more canoeing like we would like literally beg anyone's parents like in our like friendship group to like take us up to the river so we could go canoeing and it was very much like we were desperate to go canoeing because we loved it and I was like ah okay like yeah this is like what they were talking about like this is how you like like training it doesn't feel like training it just feels like I don't know fun so I think that was like the big the big thing where I was like well if I want to commit my life to something it's definitely going to be something that I enjoy (laughs) yeah completely agree you hear so many stories like that of kids hating their sport and it should not be that way when you're 12, 13. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. And I think, I don't know, like it was so like serious, so young. And it was like, oh, I feel like kids should just go and try like so many different sports and I don't know, see what they enjoy and they make friends with. And yeah, definitely think that should be encouraged more. Completely agree. And and you kind of spoke in on kind of your bio and in the media and stuff about some of the cool places you've been able to travel with canoeing. And I guess that's one big part of being able to enjoy it. So where's the coolest place you've traveled? Oh, I mean, yeah, we've been to some crazy places like we've done training camps, like warm winter training camps in Australia. And like there's like a canoeing course in um, the United Arab Emirates, which is like literally in the middle of the desert. And it's like it's pretty bizarre to just have this like massive canoeing course in the middle of the desert. The first time I got on the British junior team, it was like my first ever trip away with the team. We went to America and it was just like like we turned up to Heathrow Airport with like all of our boats. It's like 30 people with three and a half meter long canoes like in Heathrow Airport. And we had like Virgin um, Atlantic had like given us our own little like check-in thing that said like the GB team and I, I took like a photo of it I was just so excited so that was definitely like the I think that's been like the highlight. That is pretty cool so um, in terms of cool places that you've traveled and cool spots that you've I guess paddled in where would be your ultimate favorite paddle spot? Oh there's so many good ones because there's like the scenery and then there's like how good the canoeing river the like the canoeing course is there's a place in Borg Saint-Maurice in France which is like literally like in the middle of the Alps and the water's like bright bright blue it just like if you're ever like paddling there you just I don't know like look around and it's like sunny and there's like mountains surrounding you it's yeah I don't know I feel like those moments that you feel pretty lucky to be like able to do that. Yeah it's cool and this might sound a bit naive but is most of your paddling done on rivers or do you ever go in the sea or lakes how does it work? Um, so for canoe slalom it's all on rivers um, nowadays it's actually 
almost exclusively um, artificial uh, slalom courses. Um, so it's pretty rare that we'll actually do a competition like on a natural river now. Ailey's sport, if you ever watch videos and stuff about it, you're basically like on your own in a boat with one paddle, chucking yourself down a river. Like it looks absolutely wild. It, I, feel, I feel like spectators are like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And the class that you do, C1, I know that like previously, I don't know, you maybe didn't celebrate doing that class in terms of the competition level and stuff. And I think that's something that we can relate to with rugby. So would you be comfortable like, yeah, I guess telling us about that? Yeah, of course. So in the Olympics so far, there's just been four, there's been four different classes. There's been three men's classes. Um, so there's like C1 where you kneel in your boat and you have a single bladed paddle. That's mine. There's kayak where you sit in your boat and there's C2 where there was two men in a boat. The only women's class was kayak. So there's obviously been like a massive inequality there. And so women's C1, which is my class, the girls, I don't know, these like pioneering women were like, right, okay, we're going to do this class. And in 2010, we like had our first ever like world championship um, like debut. And since then, like the class has been like progressing like so much and so quickly. But like I, I kind of started like just after it had come into the world. Like I just started doing that. And there was, there's just so much like discrimination, like across canoeing. Like everyone just said like, oh, see when women are rubbish and we've done competitions where you ha- we like see when women they didn't want us to be on the like tv so like we'd have to do our race at like 8 a.m like in like slovakia in april it's like flipping freezing at 8 a.m so we'd like have to do our race like super super early because they didn't want to show us on tv and stuff like that and it's just been i don't know i think like it's like definitely affected my confidence when i was growing up and i was basically told like oh yeah i was like getting good results but it was like oh yeah but see when women's rubbish so and it's like okay well what what does that mean like it's not like do you know what I mean that's like nothing to do with me like I guess like those people that were like pioneers like for C1 women have just been like are like massive massive role models and have gone through so much and for like the ones to come up now um so I hope that it's changing and super excitingly we're in Tokyo C1 women's coming into the Olympics so we're going to be gender equal for the first time and yeah it's just like a really it's gonna be a really special moment I think for the sport people from the outside are so naive especially when the people that will be saying that definitely won't be able to get in a boat and do what you do yeah yeah I know it's like well if it's so easy like why doesn't everyone do it it's because it's like ridiculously hard with less strength to go down a river with one paddle yeah and like of course when first becomes a class or first becomes a class that women are doing then there is going to be less people naturally yeah yeah I know and like in canoeing like men's kayak like started in I don't know 1950 and it's been like 60 years till now it's here like we've literally had 10 years and has increased at like an exponential rate and it's now super cool to see like so many more girls doing it and there's like such a solidarity like in the international community like if you see another sea woman you're like yep and but now they're like everywhere so um yeah it's really cool it's mad it's taken till now for women's sea one to even be introduced into olympics and we're yet to have that Olympics. That's crazy in this day and age. I know it's mental. And there was like big controversy when it's like coming to the Olympics because they took out a men's class for it, which is obviously like super sad. But then it just kind of like, I don't know, tainted again, like us coming into the Olympics because it was like, oh, well, it's your fault. And it's like, well, we do, we just wanted those opportunities. We weren't trying to take it away from everyone. But yeah, I think it's like really cool for our sport and, and for like the young girls that, that want to start. 
thought that the Olympics like had to have equal representation. Like I thought you needed equal male and female athletes. Yeah, I think I think that's basically why they put Oh, why like, they've taken out a men's yeah, one. And yeah. And took out the men's one, yeah. So chatting about the Olympics, that brings us on nicely to like Tokyo 2021. And we wanted to ask you about that. I know that you had a shoulder operation, which ruled you out of Tokyo 2020. So like how devastating was that? And also does 2021, is that really beneficial for you? Um, yeah, I've kind of, my shoulder's been, I mean, Rona, you'll, you'll sympathise, <laughs> but like, shoulder has just been a big saga really for the last few years. And it, and so our Olympic selection started super early, started like start of 2019. And I'd had these like big shoulder problems and had to take like six months out of the boat and like tried to come back in time and like race selection, but unfortunately like wasn't enough time like to get to where I needed to be. So I came fourth, only the top three then go on to the next stages of qualification. So yeah, I mean, it was pretty, it's just, I don't know pretty like devastating I think when you like give something you're like absolute everything and then you put it all I don't know it's like pretty vulnerable isn't it to like be out like racing at, at these like massive events and um then when you don't get what you want it just feels like like pretty like just pretty hard to take and um and I think it particularly as well because like it was this is the first opportunity for see one woman to go to the Olympics like I just absolutely would have loved to have been so only one person goes to the Olympics in each class so it's like it's like super competitive and in our in the UK the top boats are like world championship world champions European champions like they're like ranked top two in the world uh, sorry top three in the world so it was always going to be like a massive ask but I think I think it was like hurt even more because it'd be like oh it'd be super cool to have been that like one boat that got to be the first ever representative but equally like Mallory who's going um who's going for the UK is she is literally one of the pioneers of of um our class so it's it is super cool to like get to see her to to represent the UK and yeah I don't know um shoulder injuries just been a massive saga but we're hoping I'm hoping that I'm like out the end of that now even though qualification was at the start of 2019 and the Olympics has been delayed they're keeping with the same boats yeah so it started start 2019 and then finished at the in September 2019 at the world champs and they've said that they'll keep the same boats and yeah I mean to be fair it would have been absolutely brutal to like reselect like it is such a on the day sport like anything can happen so um I think I think they have made the right decision to keep those boats how does it work do you have like a a backup paddler that will travel um or do you just sit sit on standby and if god forbid it doesn't happen but a paddler got injured would you then just get a phone call to be like we need you in Tokyo fly out yeah the second one so I think um there's like Olympic reserves and then I think it's like up to July or something that they're the reserve and then um, that they can yeah be called upon. Okay, so we've kind of spoke about injuries and I guess how fragile a, a career can be as an athlete, um, in particular a women's athlete when funding perhaps isn't as good as it is for like a male counterpart. So how important do you think it is to have almost that dual career? You've been to uni and graduated from Edinburgh, I believe, um, and you've also 
got your fingers in lots of pies with kind of different businesses and things, which is really cool. And, and both me and Rona are um, pretty inspired by. So first, would you be able to explain whether you think it's important to have sort of these backup options? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're super lucky, like, because we're UK sport funded, or like funding is equal across like male and female, which I know it's not the case for like, well, for like rugby and, and lots of other sports. But yeah, I mean, well, Ron and I went to uni together and like it was just so, so stressful to like have to try and do like sport alongside uni. But also like I always wanted to do that and I knew it was always going to be really important to have that backup. I'm always going to have my degree now, like whatever happens in life. But then when I finished uni 2018, I, I then had to take six months out of the boat because of my shoulder. So I like very quickly became became bored and um needed like another project and that's kind of where my like organization slalom inspires came from so I've always been super passionate about creating opportunities for like women in sport or just encouraging like women and girls in sport and so I was like okay I'm gonna like run an event for the girls of our sport and I mean at the start it was like literally ridiculous I was gonna run like I don't know have like every single girl in the UK come to the Olympic course and do like a thousand different things. And everyone was like, okay, like, let's be realistic. But I think everyone was like, right. Yeah. 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 And like, it wasn't going to happen. And I was like, no, right. This is happening. We ended up running this event um, where we had like 60 girls come from all over the UK. And we did like inspiring workshops. Like, actually Rona came and did uh, um, a workshop on body image for our young girls. And we did like canoeing sessions where it was like all girls and, like team building and stuff like that and I kind of thought like oh yeah it would be like a it'll be a cool thing to do and that'll be it and then like the weekend was just like so magical um so it was like pretty clear that we we're like right okay we need to like, kind of carry on with this so since then that's been like as I've grown it and done all these different things with it that's been like a it's been like, actually kind of saved me I think from like saved my love from the sport I mean the last like year in particular I had surgery last year like has been a pretty like turbulent time for my like mental health as well as canoeing and I've been in some pretty bad places and I I think having slalom as far as is probably one of the only things that like kept my like love for the sport because I think I was like I don't know on one side I was like oh am I like a bit of a fraud because I don't love canoeing and I'm trying to tell all these girls to like get into canoeing because it'll be like it'll like transform your life and then actually Etienne Stott who won the Olympics in 2012 was just like an, a legend in our sport he he kind of said something he was like well are you like telling all the girls that they need to be Olympic athletes and I was like well obvi- obviously not no it's about like what canoeing gives you like your confidence friendships like being able to travel like all these life skills and he was like okay so <laughs> maybe you need to look in the mirror a bit and like take that advice yourself and I don't know I realized like all these all these like I know personal qualities that I've gained and learned and because of canoeing and all these different places that I've been like in my head but also like in the world actually it's it's been an amazing sport to be part of and I think pretty much if I didn't have slalom as far as like I would have left canoeing like pretty angry at it and maybe never returned I think as especially we've all like done sports since we were young and taken them pretty seriously it's hard to see under that olympic medal or world cup or whatever the pinnacle is whereas actually like the friendships we've made and the places we've been in suffer all like the journey has been absolutely incredible regardless of kind of where the destination is with it yeah for sure and i think 
I feel like now I'm like actually just starting to get back on the water and stuff and I think my like mindset has like totally totally changed and it feels very much like like a lot of the time in the last year I thought my shoulder would never be like pain-free like washing my hair let alone actually being able to go canoeing again but it feels like I don't know I feel like now excited to get back to it because I've like chosen to be there and excited to see where it can take me and learn but also like appreciate all the moments and it's obviously I'd love to go to the Olympics and win medals but I I don't think that's like the main thing I'm here for anymore which is which is really cool oh I completely relate to what you're saying that you can have all of these end goals but if you don't enjoy the process if you still happen to make it to those end goals it just wouldn't be so sweet anymore yeah oh 100% I think it's like really easy to say I guess in principle you always hear like oh enjoy the process enjoy the journey but I think like to like truly truly live that is like yeah kind of what yeah what you're saying Sarah like it's it is like a different place to be um yeah I don't know it feels I feel like excited about it now which is which is pretty cool yeah especially when you do spend a large proportion of your day training in that environment I had like a similar thing with rowing and I remember looking around the same kind of experience you had with swimming being like everyone loves being here what am I missing and it was the process just wasn't enjoying the process whereas with rugby for example the process the pals the travel you're like do you know what regardless of what happens the experiences I've made is is just incredible like I wouldn't exchange that for the world yeah which and you'd always I think you take that any day like having like those positive experiences throughout then like I don't know one Olympic medal and or certainly I would then like one Olympic medal and have hated it or I don't know don't know why I'm there. I think that's such an important conversation too around an athlete's experiences when they're injured because I know certainly when uh when my shoulder was bad and I couldn't do everyday tasks I'd be like like how can I play rugby again and as well like I'm meant to be this like strong rugby player and right now like I can't get something off a shelf that's above shoulder height like it's it is really hard and I think one thing that we've spoken about before is that like I think if you get a long-term injury like almost part and parcel of that should be you talk to a psych you you have a support network yeah it's I, I totally like relate to what you're saying like it's it's really debilitating I think just being in pain like every day and just everyday tasks because mine happened like over a period of time I kind of I almost like not noticed it and like I knew that I was in pain but then I actually had an injection and within like two weeks I didn't have pain and it was like like clouds like parted and I was like oh like I can be like happy again and like hopeful and look to the future whilst before like I was just yeah like I, I saw like a clinical psych this year because I was just I was like really really low and didn't really know how to like I just couldn't see how my shoulder was going to get better like I just couldn't see a way out of it so yeah I think support for people that are like long-term injured with everything in their life I think is just hugely important I was seeing a psych over well I'm seeing seeing a psych chatting to like the Loughborough psychologist over lockdown and it was like actually so good like I'd be like so four years ago this person said this to me and yeah he was like you need to (laughs) You need to forget this like I think it's just good for general getting things off your chest oh yeah 100% I know I, I wish like I don't know we had like a system where absolutely anyone could go and speak to speak to someone because it's just so useful and they they sort of help you 
get out of your narrowed blinkered vision because I think that's what a lot of us do we just get stuck in this oh my god this is my world and this is a good plan and what we're going to do and they give you kind of techniques to use that are super simple but you just don't think of when you feel like the world's on your shoulders oh yeah yeah 100% so off the back of Salem Inspires you then picked up the UK Sports Social Impact Award now Kathy G, sorry, I should say Catherine Granger, presented you this. She is my absolute hero. So, like, how did this happen? Oh, <laughs> how, how did you feel, even? Literally, me, mine too. So, in tw- last year, 2019, we ran four Slalom and Spars events. We did like three regional events, like one in each home nation for like our young girls. And then we did like another big national event at, at the Olympic course down here in London. And I was like, oh, it would be so cool to have Catherine Granger come and talk at that event. Like, she is my like ultimate hero. Like, oh, I and I always talk about how awesome she is, and I don't know if people don't know her. I'm like, right, camera, like hundred percent. Like, she's got the balance. Like, not only has she competed at like umpteen Olympics, she's got um like a degree, a PhD. She's just like boss lady. Yeah, completely. In her role as chair of UK Sport, she came round to like Lee Valley to. I don't know to like talk to the athletes and stuff and I was like right this is my chance and she came in when I was in the gym I just had like a total like meltdown like I was I've never been like that before and my gym coach is just in the corner like like laughing at me and like what the hell is happening to her and basically I like was didn't really know what to say and I basically said like told her about Salma's bars and like asked her like oh could you come and do a talk and she was like oh yeah yeah of course and I was like yeah of course she's like gonna say that and like no she actually came to our slalom as far as a bin she just like turned up like on her own um on a Saturday like on a Saturday morning like gave up her own time for free and it came and did like an hour and a half talk to our girls and yeah like just talking about her life and I don't know one of our young girls um was wondering oh could she balance like uni and canoeing and because she wants to be an athlete as well and she wanted to she wants to do law and like Catherine obviously did law and like to just get to see her like asking Catherine these questions and oh can I do this Catherine's like yeah 100% you could do this and she just like stayed for so long like chatted so oh if I I thought I couldn't love her more but after that and then a couple it was like a month later or something was the UK sport awards which were in uh Manchester so I like went up to them and like I was like nominated alongside um Alistair and Johnny Brownlee and Hannah Mills MBE who's like a gold uh, Olympic gold medalist for sailing and I was like oh like lol like how am I here and then like I I I don't know I like won and I was like like what is happening and then like had to go up on stage in front of like 400 of performance directors in UK sport all these powerful people and then I was like okay like things that I say here could actually make a difference because these people are like way more powerful than I'm ever going to be so I was like right okay like make your words count but then there was like Catherine Granger interviewing me it was just it's just madness (laughs) that's class that is so cool and well deserved I'm like do you know there's like a saying never meet your heroes because sometimes they can be like not very nice people Catherine completely is not that she is just a humble human that is just so incredible yeah my like love for her is just I hope she never I hope she never hears this you're like speechless talking about her (laughs) honestly this woman is incredible like (laughs) what this woman has done is just sensational (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, you can imagine what I was like when I was actually speaking to her. I'd be like shaking. I've met her a couple of times as well and like she must just think I'm a total weirdo because I like melt I go into this like weird excited volcano around her I'm like you're so cool <laughs> yeah I think the fact that she is like just super nice and like yeah I had met her a few times before that but obviously she like didn't remember because she meets millions of people but she just like took the time to talk to everyone that she spoke to and I don't know I feel like I feel like that's like how I not that I'll ever be like at that on like her platform at all but I feel like every single interaction you have is like super important I don't know to like yeah keep that person feeling valued like yeah I love her 100% I'm pleased we share that passion <laughs> that would be like the pinnacle if we ever had Catherine Granger on the podcast I think Rona would have to lead it because I wouldn't actually be able to speak or I'd come across so weird <laughs> oh you can definitely have that like she's like Edinburgh Uni alumni you've got you guys have got this we've got links Edinburgh Uni Rowan we'll be like you know Ailey we know <laughs> Ailey Sharon Martin daughter of Scotland yeah she's in the lyrics we're yeah. in the music video yeah. Can't wait. Making <laughs> cream. <laughs> cool. So we'll wrap it up about slalom and spires, even though we just went on a really enjoyable Catherine Granger um spiral. But yeah, like what is next for Slalom and Spires? Like how do you foresee the project going? So this year we were gonna do another four events and they've obviously been cancelled. So we did loads of stuff in lockdown. We did like a virtual event which was really cool because we brought loads of the girls together and made like foam boaters and did all these like funny activities um, before everyone was fed up of Zoom. Then we had like did Instagram lives and oh, it's been amazing. Like the canoeing community like internationally have just been so supportive. Like I interviewed loads of like the international paddlers and, and that was really cool to like bring like those role models to like our the girls in our community. But then now, which is really exciting, we're like launching a coaching initiative and it's called Project Flow, which is female leaders on water. Um, so we've got 22 aspiring female coaches from like all over the UK, from as young as 14 up to like 60. And we're we're going to support them in Project Flow by kind of basically it was modeled off the unlocked program that Rona and I were on and the Women's Sport Trust. So we're pairing them with like mentors, which are these like incredibly like amazing and experienced coaches in paddle sport where I'm trying to get an outdoor kit sponsor to like be able to give them like branded waterproofs and we're trying to like gonna try and use the media to I don't know like these girls are like amazing role models in our community like down at the grassroots and I think they should like really be celebrated so hoping that like throughout this uh this nine month like project flow program where we're gonna do like coach development and stuff that they'll come at the end like I don't know feeling that they've like leveled up in their skills or confidence in coaching and so yeah we're like launching that in a couple of weeks so I'm really excited about that. That's so cool that you started Salomon Spires getting all the athletes together was amazing but now like it's even gone a level above that like it's helping the coaches to then help even more athletes. Yeah it feels very much like that's like the next progression because it's been shown like when you have basically at the minute when you go into canoe club you're met by male coaches and almost all males in there so like and, but it's been shown that having female coaches is, is going to increase female participation. So I think if we can like get a kickstart on that like positive cycle, as well as obviously supporting those individuals that are already out there doing the work, it's really exciting actually. And, and we've asked, all that we've asked from these girls that are on our programme is for them to like mentor like or like buddy a little 
a little sorry like a young or um inexperienced like coach so then basically although we like only talk to well talk to 22 then they will obviously all have their little buddy so actually we're reaching like 44 girls in the UK like coaching slalom which I don't know we're not a very big sport like that's a huge deal so yeah we'll see how it goes it's um classic it's been more work than I anticipate but um yeah no it's 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 exciting you're probably the same as us like just so used to being busy now that like every free hour you're like I have to do something yeah oh yeah for sure but then also like if I don't have that then I I get pretty bored pretty easily so (laughs) so alongside both of these projects that you've discussed um you're also on board with I'm assuming it's a company um called Northbourne do you want to explain a little bit more about this so last year I was like pretty worried that I was going to be taking off funding because of like all my injuries and stuff I've not really had like I basically had two world cups that I had to make a result in so and um canoe and kayak construction there's basically only like three main companies um and they're like in Slovakia Poland and Czech Republic so the opportunity came around, around like the UK dealer for the boats that I paddle um Vader boats was like stopping and so there was like potentially an opportunity to um to be like I don't know to start a company to bring in those boats and I happened to be in Bratislava in Slovakia anyway for a world cup and went and chatted to the the manufacturers of these boats and kind of said like oh like I'd love to like start a company and and bring these boats in so it's, it's a family company with me and my family and we import like Vader boats and for like the, the UK as well as like paddles and, and other equipment and stuff so we started that like July last year so that's been like a bit of a bit of a roller coaster like didn't really know anything about business or tax or I don't know a lot of things um especially like international exchange and stuff but it's been it's been a really cool like learning opportunity like I've learned so much and it's been like super valuable for I don't know for Slalom and Spars as well so yes it's another thing that I don't know that like takes up my time but it's like it's like a cool like different side um to things is this kind of the projects and business adventures you're working on is this something that you look to kind of get involved in full-time after your career as an athlete or is it more something that can just coincide with your training at the moment um yeah it's a good question I've I don't really know what I want to do with my life I think for like Northbourne it's been amazing because it's it's like quite flexible apart from when we get shipments and stuff like that and the like, hands-on stuff that I can kind of do wherever and whenever so that's been like amazing to balance alongside canoeing but I think my passions like really lie in I don't know like social social impact and communities and stuff like that so that's as far as I've got basically and then I did a degree in physiology biomedical sciences so that's just who knows <laughs> you've got lots of kind of opportunities and I'm sure doors will open along the way Maybe, or I'll just be too indecisive and and not know where to go. <laughs> we'll see. Sweet, right? I think that's everything, isn't it? Juicy cues to finish. Yeah. So one last thing, we had them in our first series, but then they ended up taking like forty five minutes because we asked so many questions. So we've tried to condense it down into like five quick fire questions. Okay. Bonds, okay. do you want to kick it off? So to finish, question one, would you rather play all of the instruments or speak all of the languages? Definitely all of the languages. Ooh, that was Rona's. 
I saw an interview once that um someone asked Barack Obama like what superpower would he want and like obviously you no know, everyone's like invisible or teleportation and he said to like be able to speak all the languages in the world and I was like oh that is like so genius and a classic like Barack Obama thing to to say yes well answered and just real intelligent answer as yeah. well <laughs> so now I say that just to just I just copied it to be on the same level as Barack Obama yeah. I feel we should have like a moment for him as it's US election day. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> the state of that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so question two, what is your coffee order? Oh, I don't drink coffee or tea. No one has so far. We should probably change this question. Yeah, literally hey. nobody's drank coffee so far. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a hot chocolate girl. Oh, so is Lucy Adams. And then Stacey was like a hot vimpto. Hot vimpto. <laughs> <laughs> That was the time. Okay, next question. What would be your bake-off speciality? So what would be a go-to bake? Oh, um, Victoria sponge or some brownies. It's simple, yeah, nice. but a winner. Question four, what sport would you do if it wasn't canoeing? Uh, oh God, this was be quick fire. Um, maybe netball? Just, I just find that quite fun at school. Team yeah, sport. Team sport, I was going to say okay final question what is your star sign libra i think Woo, that's the same as me we oh, can talk oh, yeah. about that yeah um so there's a poster on my wall about libras <laughs> so it says indecisive you've mentioned yeah. that. diplomatic uh, yeah sociable intelligent kind peaceful <laughs> winning libras <laughs> all the good things yeah um, charming. Yeah, sweet. We've got a good star sign. Let's go. Rona clearly looks at that daily to be like, I am a Libra. Thank you very much for coming on, Ailey. It's, it's been so good. Oh, it's been so enjoyable. Thank you. No, thank you very much. We are doctors, lawyers, mothers, footballers, first minister. Port Laureate, we're on the move and I'm telling you The glass ceiling's going, we're coming through Rise up, eyes up, take the stage Play your game, don't be afraid You don't work your bar